Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, um, the official podcast of the Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney. Um, obviously, it is a pubcast. So I do have my celebratory uh, beverage with me um, this Monday evening. Just sent a few comments in, but we will fly pretty much straight into it, Larry, because we have a lot, a lot to discuss because I don't know where to start. We've got VAR controversies. We've got incompetent refereeing. We have Jesse Lingard sort of resurrecting his career after the disaster midweek. We have... David De Gea's first penalty save this in the quarter of a century. And all that, all these talking points, we're still not forgetting the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo is still scoring goals for Man United every time he plays. Um, so first of all, how was your Monday? But also, um, how are you feeling after last night? Monday is always easier to wake up, Tom, after a win. Um, and I've got to say, when it, it was shaping as one of those games where United had every right not to leave with three points, but that is a massive result. Forget the performance, forget everything, all the mitigating factors, the awful refereeing, which I'm sure we'll discuss. It was a bloody good result. That was a wonderful three points to pick up. And, and it is the sort of result that you resonate with champions. So, yeah, mate, Monday is good after a win like that for sure. Well, we'll just drop into the comments. There's a few comments here. Um, Josh from the Supports Club, happy Monday, lads. Even better after a win. I think that's not even just a win, but in terms of that fashion as well. I just think it just puts, definitely puts a smile on your face. Rob as well, such a massive win for the boys. Um, George, good evening, everyone. Always um, tough when you play against a top six team and VAR in the same game. Well, that's the West Ham played well, but obviously VAR, well, the lack of VAR, depending on how you look at it, obviously felt like we're up against 12 men at some times. So, Matt, how are you, mate? How good is winning on a Monday? Jamie from Northern Ireland. Hope you're well, mate. Obviously, good morning for you. A bit of a drama, to say the least. That's why we love football. And look, the roller coaster of emotions was just crazy. Like when that We'll get into it, but when we didn't get that second penalty, you knew there was going to be another twist, and it was no no surprise when they obviously were awarded a penalty at the other end. Adrian here from Sydney, how good are they? Jesse Lingoat and David um, De Goat, David De Gea. Well, David De Gea, I think, is is issuing for three points, so I'm sure we'll get into that into our three two ones. And just two more comments. Um, Elliot, good evening, mate, and Ryan here from Sydney. Evening, all that ref and VAR need a long hard look at themselves. Two stonewall penalties not given. Probably just because it was Ronaldo on the ground. And I think that's what one of the discussions I want to have in regards to the, the narrative around Man United and penalties and Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes. Um, did that play a part in any of the decisions? But thank you, everyone, for joining us in the comments. Um, please leave a like on the video if you haven't already and um, keep your comments coming in on whatever top um, topics come up. But we will start on team selection as we usually do in these match reviews, Larry. You know, usually when these two are selected, it's the first, it's the first topic. Um, McFred was back. Um, your thoughts on it? I think mainly, look, big game, Solskjaer, trust McFred, you can understand that. But Scott McTominay is coming off the back of surgery and hasn't been playing. Uh, it was a bit of a shock to see him thrown straight back in. I don't like Fred, mate. I, I don't like Fred. I, I understand why he's in the team, simply for his work rate, and he's the only one in our current side who has the ability to, I guess, cover the amount of ground that he does. But he's so limited, and he really impacts United's ability to progress the ball forward. Um, but that, you know what, Tom, that actually wasn't my greatest frustration. My greatest frustration was how narrow that side was. Um, in our group chat, and, and Rob in the comments was agreeing with me here, we were just way too narrow. When you when you start with Mason Greenwood on one side and Paul Pogba on another side, where on earth was, was the width going to come for to stretch West Ham? It just wasn't there. And that's why our attack really struggled. And I think in the second half, United progressively, simply because we had the better players out there, started to create opportunities. But 
we were dead in we were dead in the water until West Ham scored. We only came to life because of that. And the setup, I, I just think it was wrong. Now I think all these substitutions at the end were good, but he set up incorrectly for me. You, you say that and we'll get into the substitutions and obviously, yeah, the good substitutions would be interesting how we would view them if we didn't get the winner, um, if they were the right substitutions at the time. But you look at that and you talk about the sort of lack of width and how narrow we were. And look, I completely agree. However, you say where is that width going to come from, especially if you've got Paul Pogba on the left. Mason Greenwood, not so much, but especially Paul Pogba and the way he plays. I think our main concern, not concern, but our main issue in the first half in regards to going forward and attacking was Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw is supposed to provide that width if Paul Pogba tucks in. Luke Shaw gets forward and is able to provide those crosses. Luke Shaw didn't break a sweat. Harry Maguire didn't break a sweat in the first half. Defensively, they'll fine, but they're just so slow on the ball. And look, Harry Maguire, I think it's another discussion, not for this one, in regards to the back four and Varane and everything. Maguire hasn't been poor. It's just, I think, he's been sort of standard. But my God, Rafael Varane is a good defender. He's just clearly above anyone we have at the back, especially when you compare him to Bay, Lindelof and Maguire. Maguire. I rate Maguire highly, but he's just not in the category of Rafael Varane. Okay, Rafael Varane, he didn't get the clean sheet, unfortunately. And I, did it go down as an own goal? I'm not quite sure. But um, before we move on to sort of the performance, Rafael Varane, Ronaldo's an exciting sign, and hopefully Jadon Sancho turns out to be an exciting sign. But he's the one for me who was, I would say, has transformed because we obviously conceded a few goals. But my God, he looks a defender. Yeah, he really does. Uh, and, and you've highlighted correctly the level that Varane plays at. It's not that Maguire's poor, but he shows he, he's clearly heads and shoulders a better defender um and you know what, what you said about Maguire and Shaw is spot on um I think both of those players have been well off the pace to be honest um Shaw is not playing anywhere near like he was at the back end of last season Harry Maguire for the second season in a row as well it must be said has started with inconsistencies even if, if you want to really think back to be honest um he's had the inconsistency in his performance even from when he first joined United I recall in uh, Maguire's first season it was the Chelsea game when we won 2-0 at Stamford Bridge. That was when he actually started to kick on when he got the captain's armband. He tends to start season slow, Maguire, but he'll come good. Yeah, no, look, it's interesting. Just a few comments here before we get into um, sort of the performance and a few other, other actual sort of controversial talking points. But Rob here, which we'll obviously get into the referees, but refs should be sanctioned with fines and suspensions after big mistakes. However, Rob, they're against Man United, so those referees will probably get given the FA Cup final and a raise probably. Um, Elliot saying at least with McFred back will be easier to get our predictions right, especially with our starting eleven predictions. So it'll be interesting. I'm really looking forward to the Carabao Cup against West Ham now. It's an interesting team selection now. But George Maddich gave us a glimpse of the impact a number six would have in his cameo. He arguably could have come on for Fred at the hour mark. Well, yeah, well, we'll get into the substitutions and what they turned out to be the right ones. Um, timing was a bit interesting. Ryan Fred was poor um, again. No surprise. Maddich looked world class when he came on, only for the two or three minutes. Obviously, this will be news. Used to Fred for most of the game. Donny must be seething on the bench. Give him a go with McTominay in the holding, which I think McTominay and Donny van der Beek will probably get a start together um, in midfield in the Carabao Cup. Be interesting. I'm mad here. Maguire has the same arrogance about him this season as I, I say about Jordan Pickford. Oh, look, I wouldn't agree with that. I think there's, I can see an element in why you would say that, Ahmad. Um, he, he might have a touch of that about him. I, I definitely don't think he displays it in the way Jordan Pickford does. But um, one here from Elliot, Luke Shaw had a shocker for me. First cross he stopped this year was with his arm. Yeah, an interesting one. Well, we'll look, yeah, it was a clear penalty, but um, the next talking point, just before we get into the sort of controversial moments, Larry, um, the performance, okay, good result, solid performance. A few people have mentioned in the comments that, okay, West Ham are a good team. 
um, everyone was sort of a little bit frightened about this um, upcoming fixture. Deserved three points, though. While there was many talking points and it was so close, I think we're pretty solid and we're, we're pretty good. I it was a deserving win for me. The better side won. Um, and it would have been an injustice for United to lose. You just said there, Tom, clear-cut penalty. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that. They, they talk about an unnatural position. Now, the problem with unnatural position is there's going to be a level of discretion depending on who you're speaking to about it's a natural it. position. Yeah, but in saying that, his arm was there prior to the ball. Like, he didn't advance his arm when the ball was kicked toward him. His arm was already in that position. So I, I don't necessarily agree with it being a handball. Now, if that was against United, of course, I'm screaming blue murder. But you, you, we have to accept that when you are running or you're in a like a sideway motion. Like, th that's the thing. And I get it. I think, yes, I can understand. Yes, it is a penalty. But with this, you know, unnatural position... I think you could make an argument to say, oh, well, yeah, it, it's not clear is what I'm saying. I just think they need a de different definition to natural. Exactly. It's the rules that I have an issue with, not with what people, people think of the silhouette of the body and think, okay, your hands have to be down by your side. But look on a football pitch, very rarely, or just naturally, your hands aren't down by your side. When you shoot, your left arm's up here. Like, that's not a natural position, but that's where your hand is when you shoot, just the way the body was. So I remember my first ever red card, I was on the goal line and my hand went up to, it was a goal mouth scramble and the ball popped up and I it, um, sort of put it out of the top corner. Clear handball. I didn't mean to, though. It was just a reaction. So was that a deliberate handball? Well, in my mind, it wasn't. I didn't mean to, but my hand just did that. It was a natural reaction sort of thing. So it was a clear red, it was not red card. It was, it was a clear handball for me. I can't have any sort of complaints about that, and I don't think anyone does. However, the reason we are kind of complaining is because the two decisions on Ronaldo beforehand, um, I thought they were shocking decisions. I'll get your thoughts on them. The first one, I was, okay, it's a penalty. I can understand maybe they thought that he was trying to initiate the contact. And I can understand if it's a bad referee, okay, not give the first one. But that second one, um, after the Lingard goal and just before the Luke Shaw incident, my first instinct was I thought it was a corner. I thought Zuma got the ball and the ball went out. And then I saw the replay and then it was a clear penalty. And I didn't. I, I was up on my feet and I was almost celebrating. I just walked away from the TV saying, yes, okay, now we get to say, okay, who's taking this penalty, Ronaldo or Bruno? I didn't even think they would go to VAR. I thought the ref, the VAR would just get in touch with the ref and say, look, it's a penalty. You don't need to come see the screen. It's a clear penalty. Award it. And then I was watching, I was watching, I was watching. They're not going to VAR. I'm thinking, what's happened here? And then I see Ronaldo flip off the referee and the referee's wave play on. And but we can laugh about it now. We can have a good debate, say, oh, it doesn't matter. But my God, if that came back to cost us, that was a criminal decision. That was, I haven't seen one person maybe a few West Ham fans, a few bit of West Ham fans um, argue that that wasn't a penalty. That was a stone wall as it comes. And that is why it's such fine margins. If that if it's not a penalty and if David De Gea doesn't make that save, we're talking about Solskjaer's substitutions cost United and he's out of a job sort of thing and it's crisis because something completely out of Solskjaer's control and completely in the hands of incompetent referees. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Look... The first one, I, I agree on on that. I think you can understand the referee's stance, particularly the new ruling of penalties. The defender didn't change his body, his position to stop Ronaldo. So I understand that one. You can cop that on the chin. The second and the, particularly the last one, good God, if that's not a penalty, I don't know what is. He, he literally tripped him over and misses the ball. If that's not a pen, then what's a pen? He's either diving or it's a penalty. So if, if that's the case, why didn't Ronaldo get a card? Shocking decision. Yeah, no, completely agree.
Uh, Ryan here. Ollie must be concerned with our lack of keeping clean sheets in the games. The West Ham goal last night was so unfortunate. We should be beating them more comfortably on Wednesday at Old Trafford. We'll, we'll do a preview for the West Ham game. Um, probably next episode, I think. But um, if the shoe was on the other foot, obviously, in regards to penalties, it was just... I'm just so glad it's a, it's a positive talking point and we're not thinking, okay, this could potentially not cost Solskjaer his job, but you could only imagine the reaction um, if that did happen. But we're, we're touching on the short penalty. The, the next, obviously, eventuation was the David De Gea save. Um, his first save in, I don't know, was that, they, they were talking 40 penalties or six years or something. I think they included all the Villarreal penalties in there to creep it up to 40 because I think there was about 10 or 11 penalties in the, in the Villarreal one. But... Um, were you confident? When, not confident. I don't think anyone was confident. I think we all assumed Mark Noble was going to hit the back of the net. But what were you feeling when the penalty was in? Did you have a little bit of hope to Hale was going to pull through? I thought it was a shoe-in draw, to be honest. Uh, De Gea doesn't save penalties. It's known. It's fact, okay? Uh, but in saying that, he pulls out a brilliant save. In saying that, it was a poor penalty. Uh, if we're looking at it from Mark Noble's position, it was so obvious. If you watch the replay... His body is tiered towards the right-hand corner. So it, De Gea knew which way he was going. It was just a matter of getting his hand to it. So I think the Englishman didn't cover himself in glory in saying that it's a bloody – it's a great save. When you consider the pressure that comes with it, magnificent effort. And I'm so happy for De Gea. He has had such a wonderful start to the season. It's it's the De Gea of old. He, he's back to being in that conversation for one of the best goalkeepers. He was never out of that discussion for me, as a lot of our listeners know. I've been obviously a defender of him this whole time. But I think that in terms of you mentioned the celebrate or how happy you are for him, look, it doesn't – he's not at fault for Villarreal, but there's no doubt he copped a lot of the brunt after the Villarreal game. So it doesn't make up for that. Obviously, would much rather a European trophy, but the celebrations after in terms of with the players and the squad, Solskjaer run onto the pitch, Villarreal was definitely still in the mind of the players in terms of the, the treatment of David De Gea there. Uh, I, I thought it was great to see. But obviously someone else who has put things right, um, Jesse Lingard, cracking goal against West Ham. And not only not only the goal, but the substitution as well. Um, again, everyone now is taking the high ground and saying, oh, it was a good substitution. It was the right thing to take Pogba off and put Lingard on. If we draw 2-2 or Lingard doesn't put in the top corner, I can assure you those same people are saying that's a terrible substitution by Solskjaer. I can, I can assure you. And look, that's, that's the name of the game in terms of management. But um, Solskjaer got it right. And more importantly for the players, Lingard got it right and bang on. I'll be honest with you. Uh, when those subs were occurring, I wasn't happy with them. Uh, Lingard, I understood, to be honest, because you need, we needed a bit of legs. United had re- West Ham were starting to be the, ascend- the, the side with the ascendancy. Um, so Lingard, he provides legs, he provides energy. I understood that one. I didn't understand Matic. In saying that, Matic plays the ball and he shows the difference in quality um, compared to Fred. So... Can't disagree with it uh, in saying that. Look, at the end of the day, that's why Solskjaer's in that position. All right? It's not for us as fans to, sure, we can sit here and criticise and praise, but it's his job on the line and credit to him, he got it right on the day, 100%. Well, one of our good friends, Ian, from over in Perth, I was messaging him before the game. I said I'd give him a shout-out on here. He called on before the game, a few hours before kickoff. He expected something big from Lingard, and he said he expects him to have a great performance when he comes on, whether it be from the bench or the start. So, fair play to Ian. So, um, if you are indeed of or in need of um some lotto numbers, please message Ian over in Perth. Um, he obviously has a good eye on the future. Um, just a few more comments before we start to move on. Rob, I put my hand up, was screaming at those subs, and I, I think look, I understood the subs, but I completely understood the frustration with them. You could understand um, a, a yeah. Mata or a 
Donny coming on. C considering we were struggling to break them down, those subs were ones that would have made sense. Yeah. No, look, but as you say, it does come down to look what we're talking. So, um, Ollie's a genius here. We're talking David Moyes is an absolute idiot, and he would have been a genius if Noble put it in the top corner. But it's a huge mistake by David Moyes now that David Hay makes the save. It's um the the fine line which Solskjaer often uses in terms of every press conference. He talks about fine margins, but he's completely right. Now, before we move on to three two ones, um, it's been we haven't really discussed him, but I want to discuss him because it's been five minutes without it. But Ronaldo still plays for Man United and he scores again. And regardless, we'll get get your thoughts on the goal. It's obviously a good goal, an important goal. <laughs> He's performing well for a 36-year-old striker, new, I'd say new to the Premier League. Um, I thought he performed well again. Agree 100%. He was United's best player on the day. He was. Uh, yeah, well, when you're talking about 3-2-1s, that's different. Uh, but in terms of the player on the pitch, I thought he was the best player. Um, his dribbling ability, every time he gets the ball, even at his age, he's still so dangerous. His dribbling ability is phenomenal. He's still explosive. He's still got pace. We have to actually remove from our heads he's 36. Just forget it. It doesn't matter for him. Pretend he's 30 because, seriously, he's not playing like a normal 36-year-old would. He's still phenomenal. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think when Bruno gets the ball, when Pogba gets the ball, whoever gets the ball, watch the other team react. They've got the problem with dealing with Bruno Fernandes or Paul Pogba, so you can see what their solution is there. But you can also see in the back of the mind thinking, okay, he's got the ball there. Ronaldo's 60 yards away, though. What are we going to do about here? And suddenly a lot of players, because I thought Bruno Fernandes was very good. It'll be interesting if he pops up in the 3-2-1s. But Ronaldo already is starting to create a lot more space for some other players. Um, yeah. Usually West Ham is a real midfield battle. And yes, it was a midfield battle. It was tight and congested. But not as not as much as it usually is because the West Ham back four did have to drop so much to deal with Ronaldo. And that did enable look at the cross of Bruno Fernandes. He had acres of time. He, he could have put that on a left foot and whipped it in with his left foot if he wanted to, right foot. Um, so I think the introduction of Ronaldo has, has proved, which I think we all knew deep down, um, starting to reap the rewards now. But we'll move into three, two, ones, and in the comments, um, obviously make sure you have liked the video if you haven't already. But um, get your comments in in regards to the three, two, ones. Is there much discussion regarding he wouldn't be in this if not for the last six seconds of the match? But um, I think it's only David Hay for three points, surely. Yeah, agree with you 100%. Uh, look, when we're talking about 3-2-1s, it's about who influences the result the most. Uh, so, like I said, I think Ronaldo was the best player on the pitch over the 90, but David De Gea guarantees the result. So, yeah, guaranteed three points from the Spaniard. And you know what? It, it takes a lot of temperament to be a top goalkeeper for a big club because most of the time you're, you're not going to be busy. You just need to be paying attention in those clutch moments. So, yeah, De Gea for three points. No debate for me at all. 100% De Gea for me. Not a, look, it's a fantastic save. It's not only a penalty save. It's a very good, maybe not the best penalty, but it's a very sort of good save. Gets a strong hand up. But not only that, obviously, he gets the three points because of the penalty save. But I think he's playing better as well. And th these are little things. He's not playing manual Neuer sweeper keeper. He's not coming out 40 yards and sort of sweeping up danger. But he's coming out to the edge of the box to pick up a ball, which might seem stupid and absolutely nothing. But for years... He won't leave his six-yard box to come and get the ball. He'll make it – if the defenders clear the ball from the opposition at 18-yard box and the ball's travelling 70 yards, he still won't come out of his six-yard box to come and get it. This year, he's come out three or four times to the edge of the box to actually clear. And it might seem nothing, but to a defender and to a team and to a manager, that is 
look, it shouldn't even be gold. It should be standard, standard for a goalkeeper. But De Gea hasn't been doing that for years, and that's his one weakness, in my opinion. But he's starting to put that right. So I think his performances, not only that, but his distribution has been very good. Yeah. So De Gea worthy of three points for me. Second, look, only on the pitch for a little bit, but ultimately take away the penalty um, save. Um, he has scored the winner in the top corner. The Jesse Lingard for me, especially, again, talking narratives, off the back of the disappointment last week. I have to sort of lean towards him for this one. Uh, I'm going to say Ronaldo. Uh, and the reason I say that is what I started my opening statement with. He was the best player on the pitch. Uh, he scores the first goal. Yes, it's a tap-in, but it's a tap-in because he creates that opportunity. He just cr- puts himself in unbelievable positions, does Ronaldo. And if we're talking on another another day, Tom, where the referee isn't incompetent, Ronaldo is possibly bagging a hat-trick this game. So, yes, I agree in terms of Linda... Uh, Lingard with the goal, but if we're talking about over the whole performance, I think Ronaldo for two points. Look, it's, yeah, it's a hard one. I just think yeah, he he has put one in the top corner. Um, uh, something about that, like, like the FA Cup final against um, Crystal Palace, he's put a volley into the top corner. Something about that, and Ronaldo was great for that equaliser. I think, look, Ronaldo would be my one point, and I find that hard because I thought Juan Bissaka had a good game. I thought Bruno Fernandes had a good game. Rafael Varane um, I thought was extremely good. And on another day, all those people are probably worthy of one or two points. But maybe we'll just go to the comment because I'm thinking Ronaldo and Lingard as well, but Lingard for two, Ronaldo for one. So we'll just see what some of the comments are and we'll get a gauge of um, who's more likely for the two points. So Rob's gone to Hay for three, Lingard for two, and Ronaldo for one. Josh has gone to Haya, Lingard, Bruno Fernandes for one. Ryan's gone to Haya, Lingard, and yeah, Rafael Varane, who I thought was a decent shout. Um, George is a little bit different. Ronaldo three, Bruno two, and De Gea one. While his contribution was match winning, he didn't have a major. Um, he didn't have a, he didn't have more major contributions than the other two, which is look quite fair, but interesting. I think the penalty save at the end that sort of trumps everything. But I understand your thinking, George. Um, Jamie's gone three for De Gea, two for Lingard, and one for Varane. And just a couple more. Elliot's gone. De Gea three, Ronaldo two, Varane one. So it's hard. Um, I haven't been counting. You've been keeping score. I think I've seen. Look, Ronaldo's name is there a little, little bit more than Lingard. I think so. For me, it would be Lingard too. But um, as you say, Ronaldo has performed very well, and I don't even think the performance. Okay, the performance is great, but just look at what he's bringing. Look at the belief he's bringing, the confidence he's bringing everyone. Not only overall, but just in the ninety minutes of a game and the effect he's having on the opposition in terms of the way they're setting up, Ronaldo is proving his worth at the moment. So I might, tell you what. I might lean now towards Ronaldo for two points. I'll tell you what, and and again, this isn't a stick to beat Cavani with, but we saw last season how good you, or how much better United looked once Cavani settled into the side. And even now, as good as Cavani is, you see, the, again, another level difference once Ronaldo's come into the side. Cavani's a pure traditional number nine. You put the ball on his head, you put him in positions to score goals, he's going to get on the end of it. Ronaldo, while he does that, also creates opportunities for himself and others simply because he's still got unbelievable pace, unbelievable leaping ability, and he's, like you said, Tom, just that belief. He's a leader pre-match. There's footage of him coming in a, going in a Pogba, going in a Greenwood. Come on, come on, big game. He's what he's doing for this club, and what not just that when he leaves, what he'll do for the likes of Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, look, I think he's been not not a breath of fresh air. I think United were in a good space without him, 
But the, the lift he's given, not just the fans, but the players, the staff, I'm sure he's given the owners a boost. Not that, we, that we want, not that we want the owners to have a boost, but he has literally just given everyone a boost around him. So um, fair play and long may continue. And like I said, I just think he just gives you a confidence. When I see Ronaldo on the team sheet now, I just imagine Ronaldo playing for Real Madrid or Juventus. And if, if he was lining up against young boys for the, that team, or if it was Real Madrid, and obviously they're a better team, but if Real Madrid were playing West Ham or Juventus were playing West Ham and Ronaldo was there, yeah, Ronaldo's going to score today. But suddenly we have that weapon. Ronaldo's in our team. Who, who, who we got next week? Aston Villa in the league or is Everton in the league? I'm expecting Ronaldo to score if Ronaldo's on the pitch. Aston Villa. So but, but that's the thing. If Ronaldo's up against Tuan Zabi, Ronaldo's going to score. Now, the touch wood, that doesn't happen. Obviously, we do like Tuan Zabi, but every time he's on the pitch, he does look like he's going to score. And what's that? It's at four goals in three games now. So he's been fantastic since he arrived, not just his, not just his goals, which is obviously what he's there for. But I think, as you mentioned, his performances have been not surprising because we know he's arguably one of the greatest players of all time. But there is a question up, Mark, over his um, sort of playing ability, especially in the discussion with Messi and Ronaldo. I don't think anyone, there's no debate, Messi is the better footballer. But you look at what Ronaldo produces and that's why I have Ronaldo over him. It's that old Scott McTominay and Andreas Pereira debate I always have. Um, Ronaldo is just on a different level, the way he can impact games. And currently he's impacted them positively for United. Stay tuned to the international break. We'll organise a Messi-Ronaldo debate for you uh, in case anyone here does disagree. But yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you there, mate. Just like we said, everything he's doing for himself, for the team, uh, everyone, everyone's got to bounce. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see. And you know what? He He's made us genuinely believe, while we're still outsiders, you look at what Chelsea are still doing, bloody hell, they're going to be a team to beat. But he's made us believe that we can be in this title race. So... Well, yeah, just on, I just want to wrap up just on the Chelsea bit because obviously we are just about wrapped up the podcast. But George, obviously my second pair of eyes, just here reminding me, um, Chuan's Zabi won't be playing because obviously he's on loan. I forgot about that. And Param, just one more here. Um, the best part that there is no, there's so much more to come. Need Bruno and Greenwood to take up the space when Ronnie drops deep and wide, which I think is part of a, I would say, a tactic. It's not really a tactic. It's quite standard. But Ronaldo does drop deep, and Bruno Fernandez does like. You just look at the Leeds goal. Obviously, Ronaldo wasn't um, part of that game, but the way Bruno does like to sort of try and get him behind. So I'm sure that is something they are working on in the training ground. But just on that, you mentioned Chelsea, and that's about enough United discussion today. We'll obviously, maybe tomorrow, because the game will come around quite quickly, we'll have another West Ham preview, but obviously for the Carabao Cup final, not Carabao Cup final, I wish, but um, the Carabao Cup game against West Ham, which the reason I want to preview that is because it's always an exciting thing when you get to have a look at a potential lineup with new players and, I'm hoping maybe one matter even gets a kick. He hasn't obviously had a kick this season. We're talking about Donny van der Beek not having enough minutes and Jesse Lingard being in and out. In my opinion, the backup for Bruno hasn't kicked a ball yet. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, you've got Tellez. Um, is he back? McTominay's back. But you do mention Chelsea. Um, obviously, I don't know where that puts United on the table. I assume tied first, but maybe not first, maybe second or third on goal difference. Um, a lot of people are starting to lose their shit over Chelsea. And I think, okay, Chelsea are good. They're European champions. They spent a lot of money. Um, they are going to be good. But anyone thinking they're going to go undefeated this season, I think they are going to drop points. We're going to drop points to worse teams than West Ham. We're going to draw at home. We're going to lose at home this season. But we're also going to win big games. We're going to beat some big teams away from home as well. Yeah. Um, you worried about Chelsea or it's just, okay, they're a good team. We're a good team. Um, your thoughts on the current sort of title race? They've got a deep squad. That's what it is. But if you put United's 11 there on paper, I think we can go toe-to-toe with anyone. I don't look at their 11 and think, oh, wow, it's so much better than United. I think our attacking options are better. I, I really do. 
I really do. I'd put Ronaldo over Lukaku. I'd put Rashford over Pulisic. Who else they got? Doesn't matter. Like, yes, they're really strong in midfield. Yeah, I think mid- really midfield's the midfield's the concern. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where you could say you could easily replace. You could put their players in our midfield, no problem. Outside of that, are you replacing any of United's players? I don't think you are, to be honest. No, look, it is an interesting one, and um, I'm sure we'll be having. I don't know when we play Chelsea. I assume it's in. Everyone's talking about these October and November periods. So I assure, I assume it's coming up quite soon, but. Um, just one or two more here before we wrap up quickly. Chelsea, for me, are the best cup team in Europe. They, they'll fall away in the league, um, which will be interesting. Tuchel, obviously, first full season in the Premier League, how he deals with 38 games. Um, Tuchel has taken that squad to another level. They're so strong defensively. Now, look, they are strong, but they've been strong defensively in the past. They've got some very good players, but they'll, look, they'll, lose, games. they'll lose games. But unfortunately, United will lose games as well. Um, it's about staying in touch. So it's an important result against... Um, West Ham, um, so I'm saying they're better controlling games and have kept more clean sheets. So look, at the end of the day, we're a team who's sort of floundered around sixth or seventh over the last couple of years, and Chelsea are European champions. So um, they are a good team, unfortunately. Maybe just one comment here just to wrap up, Larry. Uh, one for you. Um, Andy said, evening, boys. Have you ever tried a Mexican pizza with extra garlic prawns? Oh, my God. Um, I'll throw that to you first, Larry. Uh, I haven't. I've tried, like, chili garlic prawn pizza. You know what? If you want a good pizza, go to, if you're in Sydney, obviously, Coogee Pavilion, garlic chili prawn pizza, wood fire. Oh, that's some good stuff, I tell you. That's more than five kilometres from my LGA. I, I won't be attending. You'll be all right, mate. Actually, I think Josh, Josh is in Coogee. Josh can go down and give a taste test and maybe sort of Josh, tee up. Go out he, there. Maybe try and get a sponsor. To maybe ask them. Maybe they can sponsor the next show. And... um. Actually, that's a long delivery. I'd ask them to deliver a pizza, but that um be quite cold. I might have to have it in the morning, the morning after it's delivered. But um, hopefully, everyone has enjoyed um, this episode. Obviously, very good discussing a win. It would have been a nightmare discussing a two-two draw, or a one-all draw, or even God forbid, a loss. But we have come through with the big, important three points. So enjoyable discussion, Larry. Um, everyone in the chat has been good. Good to get a sort of wide variety of opinions. Make sure you do leave a like on the video and please click the share button if you're on Twitter or Facebook. It would be very much appreciated. Um, Larry, always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, mate, pleasure. Um, again, always easy after three points, but uh, yeah, here's to keeping it going. Yep, now we'll chat to everyone probably tomorrow with a West Ham preview again uh, for the Carabao Cup and one match to take in the armband. Um, cheers, everyone. Bye.